Battle Ready Broadcast, believing what it says. Ready to start, so I can't tell you. There you go. Hi, welcome back to Battle Ready. Thank you for joining us this Sunday afternoon. We apologize we weren't here last night. We had kind of a family emergency, but we're all good. Everything's fine. So we're just going to pick up where we would have started last night today. We are in First Chronicles. We're going to go to chapter 21. Uh, we have got David through a lot of things, and now we're going to see him through another situation. So I'm going to ask Laura to go ahead and start us. Okay, here, here's my best shot to start this, okay? <laughs> <coughs> have you ever been on a roll where it seems like you just cannot lose? Like <laughs> everything you touch turns no, out right? I've never had that kind of a roll. <laughs> I have. <laughs> have you? I have. I have not. been on a. I have been on a roll where it's like everything. That, for some reason, it doesn't happen a lot. But what I say is coming out right. What I do is turning out right. No, that's not me. What What I thought of worked. <laughs> the people in my life are pleased with me. Like the people that I, whose respect, admire, and love I care about, we're all in a good way. That is like the most amazing thing. They don't last long, right? Those roles don't last long. You feel like you get the Midas touch. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like absolutely everything you touch is going to pot? Yes, that one I know. Like no matter how hard I try or how much I pray or how much I read, when I touch it, it's going to break. When I go around it, it's going to fall apart. Somebody's always mad about something, Mm -hmm. despite my best intentions. I feel like that's between chapter 20 and 21. The end of chapter 20, David has just defeated all these enemies. He's pushed back the borders of Israel. Mm-hmm. His mighty men are acting valiantly. Everybody, now we know, we talked about last week, that somewhere in that time period, not mentioned in this book, is his Being sin with Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Right? His mm-hmm. sin murdering Uriah the Hittite. Somewhere in chapter 20. There's a lot of things not covered in the book of 1 Chronicles that are happening in his timeline, that mm-hmm. are not talked about in this mm-hmm. timeline, because that's not the focus of this author. Mm-hmm. But... What we have here in this book is victory, 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 chapter 21. <laughs> yes, chapter 21 does change. He's on, he was on a red-hot streak, mm-hmm. right? And then we hit chapter 21. And there's a lot of problematic things. <laughs> I laugh about this because we just were discussing this before it started. And she said, the commentaries say it's not problematic. I'm telling you it's problematic. It's problematic. <laughs> so when Second Samuel tells the same story, we have the same story recorded as we have in this chapter. In Second Samuel, it says that Satan tempted David. God, that God, 21 says Satan. Okay. In Second Samuel, it says that Satan. That God stirred us. In Samuel. Mm-hmm. Satan's in 21. Okay, so God stirred up. See, I'm not on a roll today. In, in Samuel, it says that God stirred up David to do this thing. And here it says that Satan stood up, stood up against Israel and provoked David. And you're like, wait, what? What's happening? How's this happening? What's going around? Well, we just need to cover the fact that what does it mean to be tempted? Does God tempt people to sin? How does this situation work? How come Satan's involved in something God's involved in? What is going on in this story? I think if we don't unpack that, that's problematic. Okay. <laughs> that, that to me is something that you have to unpack. So I went to James. Okay. James says that um, <clears throat> every man is tempted. Verse 14 of chapter 1. I'm going to go back and get more before, but it says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn. Wait, back up. <clears throat> Back up. 
Verse 13, and I'm going to go back and get previous verses later. While you do that, I'm going to make sure I can see who's joining us. James chapter 1, verse 13 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So what he, what he is saying is, okay, God is not out there seeing if he can get you to sin. Correct. And that is what can be a misinterpretation mm-hmm. of what it says in chapter in, in 2 Samuel, mm-hmm. that God is trying to get David to sin. That's not what's That's happening That's never going here. to be what's <clears> happening. <throat> At the same time, God allows temptation into each and every one of our mm-hmm. lives, these situations that come <clears> into our lives, and he will even use... Mm-hmm. Satan himself, who is attempting to destroy you, but God will only allow Satan to do what God allows him to do. Mm-hmm. But God will use him to put you in a situation where you have to make a choice to correct his people, mm-hmm. to bring that's out, true. to bring them closer to him, to show them something that's more important, that's a bigger truth. And this is a situation where God is correcting David and he's correcting his people. And I'll, he's allowing something to happen. Mm-hmm. Where they are given the ability to make a choice. And I, and I, I don't know, but for me going through First Chronicles this time, I, I, I don't know if anybody else is like this or if the church is like this because the stories we usually hear about David or the David and Goliath and the Saul chasing him, and we do occasionally hear the Bathsheba story, but not as much from anymore, my I don't think. personal perspective, just mm-hmm. me. I think in some ways I have a David hero worship mentality. I, you know, he's a man after God's own heart. That's my guy, David. That's the king. That's the whatever. But this time reading through First uh, Chronicles, I see a lot of faults. I see a lot I of mistakes. I see a lot of, but what I see him do is instead of like other folks in the scripture do, blame it on something else or I couldn't help it or what, he always comes right up with, nope, that was me. Mm-hmm. I did that, God. I'm sorry. So somehow this time through this this study, First Chronicles, you know, bringing up the ark wrong, just different consequences that seem really severe. Mm-hmm. Yet when he turns to God, God forgives him because he doesn't. He doesn't. Not without consequences. He has consequences. I mean, he always has consequences, and you always have consequences to your sins. But he doesn't run and say, well, Saul made me do that, or, you know, Bathsheba didn't have to be, blah, blah. It's never that. It's always. So I'm seeing David, I, myself personally, I'm seeing David in a different light this time. And when you you have that phrase, David is a man after God's own heart, God said that about him Mm -hmm. to Saul. Mm -hmm. That's God's words, not just what somebody thought God thought of him. That's right. I think we rush to the end of that sentence for our emphasis. Mm -hmm. We rush to the after God's own heart part, we forget a man. A man. Yes. You know, David is a man, a human being like you and I, struggling with these same issues that we struggle with right now. Mm -hmm. That's the thing about, we forget, sometimes if you raised in church and you're raised with the Bible and you're raised with these stories, you can forget. We're talking about ancient times Mm -hmm. and ancient people. And what David wrestles with is what I'm wrestling with. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed. Nothing is different. Human nature doesn't change and God doesn't change. Thank goodness. But... But I don't know. It, it, it's it's like you can't just look at anybody in Scripture except for Christ. You can't look at anybody as, oh, look, there's nothing bad to say about that. Yes, there is. He's just as human as everybody else. We all have to struggle through things. 
So, do you want me to start reading? Yeah, let's start reading. So, let's go chapter, uh, I'm sorry, First Chronicles tw- chapter 21. We'll start at verse 1. How far do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. You tell I'll me probably when. stop you. You tell me when. Okay, verse 1. And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Okay, stop. I uh, know. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> stop right there. Because what's the problem with numbering Israel? There is There's a, a whole book called There's that. There's a whole problem with that. Well, but there's a whole book in the Bible called Numbers, and you know what God told him to do? Number the people. Mm-hmm. So then, full stop, mm-hmm. why is this a problem? Why is Satan involved? Why is this a sin? Why is this a bad choice? What's going on? Because obviously you can number the people. God commanded Moses to number the people in the book of mm-hmm. Numbers. The whole mm-hmm. book is, is him numbers. doing that mm-hmm. and numbering them. He gives some specific instructions about how to number the Levites. They're not to be numbered with everyone else. Mm-hmm. They have a special accounting and all these things. Literally the entire book. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. The purpose of the numbering. Mm-hmm. Why does he? The want to reason know? God has them number the people is God is telling them these people belong to me. Mm-hmm. Every single individual mm-hmm. in the nation of Israel yep. belongs to me, and the He asked them. This goes along with the idea previously, right before that, in the previous book. Mm-hmm. He's going to the issue of tithing, mm-hmm. and He's saying, when your first fruits of your harvest come in, you tithe to me. When your animals are born, the firstborn are mine. He says the firstborn of your families are mine. And then he makes the first fruit of the families. He kind of ter- turns a corner. The house of Levi. Mm-hmm. Right? These firstborn are dedicated to the Lord. But he said even more so, this family of Levi is dedicated to my service and to my temple. The purpose of them being numbered is an awareness. For, God knows how many are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God didn't wait for the total. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The purpose for them being numbered is so the nation knows. God knows each and every one of you. Right? Mm -hmm. We have an obligation to remember and to behave as if Mm -hmm. we belong to someone greater than Mm ourselves. Right? Yes. He he, he owns us. Mm -hmm. We are his people. We We are are the sheep of his pasture. Mm -hmm. That's what the numbering is about. And and you see that David's captain of his army basically says that. So look what he says. Mm -hmm. And David, verse 2, And David said to Joab, To... And to the rulers of the people, go, number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me, that I may know it. David. And Joab answered, The Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why then doth my lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? Okay, so why is David numbering the people? Mm-hmm. David's went from victory to victory to victory to victory by his power, nope. by his might. We talked about the technology that's all around him that he doesn't possess. Mm-hmm. We talked about him hewing, mm-hmm. I don't know the right word, how to say that word, the horses and not taking all the chariots. <laughs> yeah. in, in the Okay, in the last <laughs> chapter, he does not take advantage of all the technology. He takes some, but he, does, he doesn't lean mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. In the Psalms, he tells you some trust in chariots, some trust in, I'll trust, trust in, in the, the, Lord. the mm-hmm. Lord. He's not one because he's great. He's one because he serves a great God. God went before him in the mulberry trees. God mm-hmm. is the one who says, go up to battle. Don't go up to battle. God's in charge of this thing. He's mm-hmm. making it happen. Yes. And then David sits on his throne after this sin, according to the timeline, mm-hmm. with Bathsheba. After this, not being in the right place, not being in the right time. Issues going on saying, let me see we- if I have enough people to, do, to be able to do what I think needs to be done. So he's counting the people for an entirely different purpose. Mm-hmm. He's counting the people to rely on the people. 
And Moses were counting the people to know that the people belong to God and we rely on God. Mm-hmm. David is counting the people to rely on the people. And we're in some deadly, dangerous territory. It's very serious. This is a very serious thing. And I don't feel like the first time I read it, I understood that it was a serious thing. No, and I kept saying, "Why? Why does God have such a strong reaction to this? to a census?" Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, so you would expect that strong reaction to Bathsheba and killing her husband, and but he doesn't get that. And then you come over here, and he numbers the people, and you think, right? But yeah, seven, what is it? Seventy thousand people die because of this. Is that the right if number? You, it, that might the number, the right number must be in Second Samuel because it's not in this chronicle. But there but, are yeah. there are a huge number of people that die because of this act of David. Now, you could you can go into that theological debate that his his sin with Bathsheba that's a personal sin against himself. Blah blah blah. But he still killed Uriah. He still has Uriah's family that he has to answer to. He still has family in his of his own that's going to fight forever with each other about stuff. But this now, he's numbering the people. I had a I had a commentary, and the man said he felt like the great sin here is that he know he's not trusting God. That's he's, what I'm saying. He's become he, not trust, but he has he has devolved into unbelief that he's he's forgotten that he was the shepherd boy that had five stones and a sling and killed a giant and now he's the king and he wants to know what all you he's got. You know there's to nothing more dangerous than success. I think you're right. Because, you because immediately a human being starts saying, like what Peter did, did. You know, you know, Peter says, sees Jesus walking on the lake. He said, Can I walk with you? Come on. Mm-hmm. And as long as his eyes are on Christ and he's trusting in Christ to keep him above the waves, he's fine. But the minute you start taking the steps and you have the success, you start looking at yourself. Look what I'm doing, and you sink. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's, it's just that's what we do yes. every time. The most dangerous thing sometimes that can happen to us is for us to get everything we ever wanted. Yes. Because in that situation, we say, now, how many people do I have? Can I do this thing? Mm-hmm. Instead of God, would you like me to do this thing? Mm-hmm. And and I cannot think, I started thinking about, I, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me, but it's a big deal. It is a very big deal. And, and I started thinking about, like, what kind of things go wrong when we're counting the popular vote mm-hmm. versus counting the word and the will mm-hmm. of God? And mm-hmm. I started thinking, like, every bad decision we make, we make because we say, but the people won't like it. Mm-hmm. What will people say of me? What What will most people think about this as opposed to finding out what God thinks about this? Mm -hmm. Right? And and I I was reminded of how God sees people and how we see people. Mm -hmm. So I told you before we started, I said this is going to seem strange, but Walt Whitman is an American poet, and he was a nurse during the Civil War. He makes a book of poetry called Leaves of Grass. Mm -hmm. Leaves of Grass. And this is what the title means, okay? Mm -hmm. So we look at grass and we see grass, Mm -hmm. right? We see grass as a whole. Mm -hmm. If there's a lot of grass, that's good. If there's not much grass, we need to plant some grass, grass, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So we see grass as this one big thing. But he said, if you get down on your tummy, I'm paraphrasing, and you look at the grass, the grass is not grass. The grass is individual leaves. Mm-hmm. One and strand. it's little pieces of clover, and it's uh, buttercups, and it's this, the little this, purple things that uh-huh. are in my yard. These, these things, okay. So what he what he's trying to get us to see. Remember, he just came out of the Civil War. 
in America, we see America and we say, you know, what's good for everybody and we judge everybody by this one great big grouping because we're so limited in our understanding that we only see it as one big uniform thing. Mm -hmm. That's not the way God sees it. God sees every individual person as belonging to him. Mm -hmm. Individual standards. Individuals. And he deals with us individually and he mm-hmm. knows us individually we we talk about i know this i don't mean to be controversial but like just to bring us to where we are like we talk about immigration mm-hmm. okay and when we talk about immigration we lump everybody that's immigrating into one group mm-hmm. coming across legally coming across illegally mm-hmm. what all their intentions are what they're here to do what they're like what their mm-hmm. character is the problem is you're grouping every, you're grouping everybody in one big group and you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Every single individual that comes it's has different. a different story, has a different mm-hmm. reason. God knows every individual. We can only deal with things as a mass. Mm-hmm. And often every time we make a decision based on that perspective, we're wrong. We're wrong. Mm-hmm. When you treat anybody that comes into your church based on what you universally think of all people and you make a judgment based on your great knowledge of what everybody's all about you're wrong you've you've you're you just messed up you have to know each individual person and even at that we don't have the capability of doing that Mm -hmm. and that is why we don't rely on ourselves for decision making that's why we don't rely on ourselves to understand everything but we look to god because he's the only one who does Mm -hmm. and he gets it so if you if you go back to james just to read you the verse when it's talking about this temptation and how does temptation work and is god doing this to me because what can happen is you say i wouldn't have done this if god hadn't put this situation in my life Mm -hmm. we'll blame god so it's not my fault it's his i wouldn't be falling away that's who james talking to people that are backing up because there's persecution i wouldn't fall away if god was protecting me Mm -hmm. If God wasn't putting me in this harm's way, we don't understand what's really going on. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he says, and I hope I'm not losing the whole point of this lesson. Okay, Um, he's talking about what we ask of God. He says, for let let no man think that he shall receive anything Anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man, David, that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, when he's put to the test, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. And let no man say when he is tempted, which is where we started before. Mm -hmm. Do you consider the fact that each one of us is so temporary Mm -hmm. and so fragile and so affected by the slightest little thing? Like he's talking about like the way that a piece of grass yellows in too much sun. Mm -hmm. Yet we think we've got it all figured out. Like Mm -hmm. like David can say to Joab, go count all the people Mm -hmm. and then I can make decisions based on that relying on people. And we said that in Sunday school this morning of all the things and what's that I, you can rely on, you cannot rely on people. And what's ironic is no victory he'd won thus far had, had made anything relying on people. people. But now all of a sudden I'm kind of put up with God a little bit. I'm, he repented of those sins. He was mm-hmm. forgiven of those sins. But there's there's a brokenness in mm-hmm. David at this point. He's older. He's saying, I'm going to make these decisions based on 
sensible, sense. sensible things. What the world tells me I should make them on, right? Mm-hmm. What I what I think. And if you will don't work. be careful, you hear that you can hear that in church. I yes, think God any Christian us, can do that. Dumbly. I think I think God expects us to use common sense. I do, but I also know that sometimes when God is telling you something, it does not make sense to you. Your common sense, contrary to God's word, is always wrong. Period. A lot of times your common sense will line up with God's word, and that's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But when your common sense runs contrary to what he said and what he's mm-hmm. asked us to do, because the only one who could call a census, mm-hmm. right, was, was God. And then periodically the Levites, who were the inheritance of God, he said, these, their inheritance is me. They take mm-hmm. care of these things. Not the king, mm-hmm. not the political ruler, but the religious ruler from God on his orders could take an account of the people to remind them what? That they belong to God, and that they and that everything they own belongs to God, too. and everything that they that they've been blessed with came from God. That's what it's all about. David, for a diff- in a different spirit, is saying, "I want to make decisions based on the fact that I have enough people to make it happen myself, enough people on my side." And notice too, Satan didn't raise up against David. Satan raised up against Israel. That's what the mm-hmm. first first says. Satan stood up against Israel. It's always Satan's job to attack God's people. God's people, right? And he does. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a huge consequence to this simple numbering. And I, I know that Joab has a lot of bad things. Joab has a lot of things that he pushes the button on. But in this one, he's trying to say to David, you don't... And, and Joab must know what God has said about the, mm-hmm. doing this because he tells him this isn't right. This isn't what you want. And Which means David has a chance make, to change his so mind. So even if God, even if you do have the people <laughs> and God wanted to defend you, he could make... He doesn't you know, need the people. He doesn't need to know how many people there is. He can take care of that. Mm-hmm. Right? And, 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 and we think, don't make decisions based on popular opinion. And I do... Yes. We don't. And I do think it is important to know as the story goes on, he shows him there's more warriors than David even knows about there are right there are but at the same time david loses a lot of warriors Mm -hmm. he loses a lot (laughs) he loses a lot of people because you know what you can't count on people you can't count on people and right and And these people belong to god their life and death are in his hand sometimes sometimes it's hard i think as a christian person to be pressed upon with something you just don't know how to solve to just truly say I, I don't know how to solve this, God. Help me know what to do, right? And then little by little things happen and it works out. And then you realize somewhere down the road, you realize that that thing you worried about so much really didn't last very long. You're reminded again, you're not in control. You're not in control. That's the key. Yeah. Verse four, nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. So even though Joab tried to stop David, he went ahead. Wherefore Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. And Joab gave the sum of the number of the people unto David. And all they of Israel were a thousand thousand and a hundred thousand men that drew sword. And Judah was four hundred threescore and ten thousand men that drew sword. But Levi and Benjamin counted he not among them for the king's word was abominable to Joab. Why? So even though by Benjamin. So even though he didn't tell, so even though he told him he was he was doing it, he still didn't do everything um, David told him to do. He took it. He took it somewhat righteous and noble stand. He did because the Levites belonged to God, but why not Benjamin? Um, I don't even know. I haven't even thought about it. But why? 
What do you Because they had sinned and they weren't allowed to be oh, counted. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. So Joab goes, I'm not going to go. God's a don't. And I'm not doing it for those two. You are right. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. So he's not, he said, I'm not counting them even for you, David. And mm-hmm. I'm your right-hand man. And I'm not doing it. But I'm them. not doing it. And God was displeased with this thing. Therefore, he smote Israel. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. David does it. Israel pays and for it. And David says immediately oh no david says but it's not my fault i needed to know this he never does he never said that he never does david said unto god verse eight i have sinned greatly watch the progression because i have done this thing but now i beseech thee do away with the iniquity of thy servant okay so so when he first had the idea that was called sin when he'd been rebuked by joab and he knew that it was sin. that he had to go over top of the word of god to do this thing that's iniquity Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. When I am very aware mm-hmm. that God said no, but I'm going to see if I can get away with it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what? There's different. Well, people say all sins are equal and all sin separates us from God. And that you are very right. But God does say that for us to know and go right ahead is a different thing. That iniquity is a different word. Mm-hmm. And then what does he say? He says, for I have done very Foolishly. And the word foolish has a completely different meaning in both the Psalms written by David and in the Proverbs written by his son Solomon. So you know David knows what he's saying. Mm-hmm. A fool has said in his heart, there is, there is no, no God. God. He said, what I did was forget for a minute mm-hmm. that you're God and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And these people are yours and not mine. Mm-hmm. So God in the or David in those three sentences says a covers lot more it. than just... Not only did I sin, I sinned willfully. Not only was it willful, I acted like a fool. Mm-hmm. Right? That's pretty serious and, stuff. And that's serious confession. He, he's not holding anything back. Mm-hmm. It's complete and unreserved. He didn't, right? he didn't blame anybody else. Mm-mm. He didn't. And it's Joe, not Joab's fault for carrying it out. Mm-mm. It's no, my it's, it's fault for, for acting for like a it. fool. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. Verse 9, right. And the Lord spake unto Gad, David's seer, saying. So God's not talking directly to David here. He's mm-hmm. talking through his prophet, his priest. Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Choose thee either three years famine, or three months to be destroyed before thy foes, while that the sword of thine enemies overtaketh thee. Or else three days the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coasts of Israel. If we want to overgeneralize, and I realize we're dealing with real people, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I can't believe God would kill these people or allow these mm-hmm. people to die for David's sin. I want you to know that everybody in this book is dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yes. trying to be funny, but everybody <laughs> in the Bible has stood before the Lord by now. <laughs> Yes. And we'll stand before him again in ultimate judgment. And I'm, what I mean by that is, God, okay. our life here is it's grass. It's just a small thing. Right? It withers, mm-hmm. it fades, it falls away. God, those people belong to God, and God did right by those people mm-hmm. in eternity and in the present. He knows what he's doing, and I don't. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. He knows what he's doing, and I don't. Mm-hmm. But that being said, those three choices are terrible that's choices. That's choice I want. What a huge amount of consequence. And why is it that the people have to suffer and, and die? They're people that are going to suffer this consequence mm-hmm. because of David. And the reason is... 
very generalized. I, I realize what I'm doing here is a huge generalization. But those things that you will lean on other than God, God will remove. Mm-hmm. In the life of a believer, those <laughs> things that you are counting on, that you are idolizing, that you mm-hmm. are worshiping, God will move those out of your life. Mm-hmm. And that hurts. It's very painful. Yes. I'm serious. You, as a Christian person, that's Because sometimes you don't painful. even realize you have put yourself in that situation. Right? And you think, Lord, I need that. Right? Yeah. But he'll move those things so that you find it. No, you didn't. You need me. Mm-hmm. You need to lean on me. Who was He's it? He's not done there with was David. A, there was somebody that uh, said, a, it was a really good quote, and I'll never be able to quote it right now, but uh, that brings to mind. They said, so, Lord, I'd like to get some rest. I, You know, there's so many people that need my attention, and I'm so busy. And he said, well, let them come to me. And, and he said, but I can't. There's so many. And he said, but you're standing between them and me. Mm-hmm. Let them come to me. Right. Mm-hmm. The point being, you you think you your work do is to solve everything, and it is not you that solves everything. It is the Lord that solves it. Direct mm-hmm. them to him. Mm-hmm. David said unto Gad, verse 13, and there's some debate on this verse. I get what you're saying, but there's some debate on mm-hmm. this verse. And, Gad, and David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Mm-hmm. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of man. I have heard people say, well, that means he chose pestilence. I yeah, I don't think... I think he's saying, God, I can't make this decision because they're exactly not my I, people. That's exactly what I they're think They're your people. I don't think David <laughs> makes a call. David says, I don't know. Test number two. I don't have a clue what to do. Right. It's not, none of these are good. None not of these temptation are, to sin, but situation number two, where do you get it yet? Mm-mm. Yeah. I they're not my people, Lord. I can't make this decision. And I'm in a great strait. I don't know. I don't know how to make that but decision. But I, I will trust you mm-hmm. to do what's the better thing. I have read several commentaries that say because he said, let me fall into the hands of the Lord and not into men. Not that his, he's, he's the men. That he is saying, well, I don't want the famine because there will be people around us that have to come and take care of us. And I don't want the uh, armies to overtake us because I can't trust them that they won't try to kill me. But he doesn't say, I don't think he's saying that. I think he's simply saying, I haven't got a clue. A human being can't make this decision. Mm-mm. God has to make you this You have decision. to do what you think is right. Your mercies mm-hmm. are great. I'm, it's a punishment. It's not nothing about An it. It's going to be pleasant. unbelievably terrible situation. I'm going to trust you. Yeah. What do you, you, you decide mm-hmm. what we need. I, I really think that's what he's saying too. But there are commentators that say the codedness in those words yeah. indicate David's picking the pestilence. I, I just don't believe he's picking anything. I think he's telling God to pick it. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel. What? We say pestilence, and I know when we get to the end times in Revelation. Disease. Disease, right? Disease. Could have been, not. I'm going to say this, and I don't want anybody to say she said that, but it could have been in Spanish influenza or COVID or it's a pestilence. It's something Disease. that kills you, right? Yes. Pestilence. Mm-hmm. We don't like to use that word pestilence, but we do have some pestilences around, <laughs> right? So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel and there fell of Israel 70,000 men. Ouch. That's a lot of people to die for numbering, right? That's a lot of people. That's I think. painful. 70,000. That's that's twice the number of people plus more that live in Guyot County. Really? You did that right off the top of your yeah, head? Yeah, good. That was that pretty on. good. I like that. 
I'm that's thinking, a lot of people. I'm thinking that's still the same number. I don't know. I want to say 33,000 in the county, but I might be wrong. It might be more or less than that now. I mean. So anyway, it's still a lot of people. And God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil and said to the What's angel that, that destroyed. I, that is. What's he beholding? Um, the sword of the Lord, even the, even no, 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 it says, where does he say? Um, for the, for very great are his mercies. Here he goes. So what do you, what do you, what comment are you making out of that? No, I'm just saying like when it says the Lord repented, what, how do you explain that to people who have not heard that phrase before? He stops the he stops the killing. Because we say God changed his mind. God repented. He did wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, why why does God turn? Well, I think it's because of where he's at. Where is he at? He's out. He's at Mount Horeb. He's at the hill that Abraham offers Isaac. He's at the place that the cross is going to stand. That's why he repents. That's why he repents. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and repents doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong no. and I changed my mind. Repents means turns around. Because he reaches that spot where grace knows. is going to fall mm-hmm. and he stops. He stops at grace. He stops at that place Sorry. where he's going to be crucified. And I think that's such a powerful thing because David can't turn him around. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I meant when we said a man after God's own heart, a man. You know, Jesus was also tempted. Mm-hmm without sin because we yes. all are yes. we're all put in that situation where god says let's sees, see when he sees what the you're going to do where he's at right mm-hmm. so satan comes to jesus just as soon as he's baptized just as soon as god declares he's his son mm-hmm. in the river of jordan and the angel descends and we have this john telling the people to turn to him well immediately the bible says he's taken into the wilderness mm-hmm. and tempted by satan mm-hmm. it's no different no it's, it's more thing. intense mm-hmm. It's more intense. So he, he tells David, number the people. Mm-hmm. David gives in first rung, right? Yeah. First round goes to Satan. Mm-hmm. Jesus faces three rounds. And all three rounds are basically, if I have to sum them up, do this and don't go to Calvary. Mm-hmm. Do, do this, this and, and you can have Calvary. everything God's promised, God the Father's promised you, without the suffering and the shame of the cross. Mm-hmm. Follow me. Mm-hmm. And our champion. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Who's the champion of that place where this angel of the Lord stops his judgment. Peace and judgment can't go past that place. No, it cannot. Right? Nope. God won't allow it. Our champion stood the test. He did it. He did not he fall did to it. temptation. Mm-hmm. He, David might be a man after God's own heart, but Jesus but Christ perfect. is God. He's mm-hmm. the Son of God in perfection. Mm-hmm. And it was his sacrifice, his, his ability to withstand the temptation that all of us have to face. Mm-hmm. Right? And have a yep. choice to make is the reason judgment stops on that spot and on that spot is where the temple is built in the future and on that spot is where the rock of the dome sits today and on that spot is where the third temple comes back and on that spot is where he rules for his millennial reign david says that spot we'll get to it in a few verses but david says david doesn't want to go to gibeon gibeon is where the -hmm. tabernacle is he's like i i've seen that angel Mm -hmm. with the sword i've seen don't forget the judgment of god here you got to see that you got to get to that verse 16 verse 16 says and david lifted up his eyes wait let's go back Verse 15, just to say it again. And God sent an angel into Jerusalem to destroy it. And he, as he was destroying, the Lord beheld, and he repented him of the evil and said to the angel that destroyed it, It's enough. Stay now thine hand. 
And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So I think there's an angel and there's an angel of the Lord here. The angel of the Lord. And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between the earth and the heaven. I'll never get through this. Having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. That's judgment. And David, and then David and the elders of Israel who were clothed in sackcloth fell upon their faces. Why are they clothed in sackcloth? They're repenting. Because they already know this is their fault and they're sorry and here it is and that's the judgment, right? Mm -hmm. Verse 17, And David said unto God, Is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me. Or maybe on say my like this. Father's house. Father, forgive them. They don't, don't know, know what, what they do. Doing, but not on the people right? that they should be your. Ne- I'm not going to get through this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this, what is, this is an emotional no, verse. No, no, no. It, it, wait. Is, in between them and your judgment, which mm-hmm. is righteous and right and, and holy and, and pure and God. And all that stuff. Between them and you, O God. There is this intermediary. Mm-hmm. The problem is David. David's guilty. He's yeah. Christ is not. Jesus was not guilty. Right. But David is it being a type of Christ interceding on behalf of his people. Say, stop, wait. What have they on done? On me. But they said, put the punishment on sheep. me. Put the judgment. The problem is David can't take it. Have they done? No, he can't do he, it. He's a picture of it. But, but David he, can't he take can't it. Do it. Mm-hmm. He'd like to. He's Paul said that to. about his people. He said, you know, he's if it was to. possible, Paul said, that I would go to hell and mm-hmm. the people of Israel be saved, I would do that deal. Mm-hmm. I'd go to hell for them. But he realizes that ain't the deal. The deal is Christ took the punishment mm-hmm. so that they could be saved. Paul, as much as his heart would like to save him, does not have the ability. No. And that's a verse that a lot of people have a lot of trouble with, mm-hmm. with Paul saying such such a thing as that. Why would he say that? It's that's that the serious. Law. It's and that's so what serious. David's saying. Mm-hmm. Not them, me. They didn't do this. I mm-hmm. did this. Uh, and he doesn't blame it on anybody else. It mm-hmm. was me. What have these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and on my father's house, and not on thy people, that they should be plagued. That's, I don't know, from... Uh, 13 to 17 you can't read that fast you've got to you've got to slow down and pay attention mm-hmm. to what's going on here mm-hmm. because David sees the he sees, he sees the, judgment the person of God. between the earth and the heavens and my point I was making before is after he sees God and his judgment and his power and his terror honestly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's afraid to even go to the tabernacle he doesn't know what hey, to do. the ark's in Jerusalem here it comes it's going right? to say that too and the, and the tabernacle's in Gibeon mm-hmm. but David's terrified mm-hmm Wait a minute. All these things that God has given, one, they're split in two spots. Mm-hmm. Everything's still not in order. It's not right yet. It's not right yet. Two, the temple's not been built. Can't go mm-hmm. to a temple. Can't go to a temple. The temple's going to be on that spot. Mm-hmm. What's David do? I just wanted to show you that what he did technically breaks the rules, but the rules do not apply. And I don't mean that like people <laughs> think I mean it. People always think you're okay? a rule breaker. I know, but I'm telling you right. What does he say? I'm going to build an altar right uh-huh. here. here. That's what he says. Because there's something. Guess why? Mm-hmm. Jesus said to some mm-hmm. people one day, he said, you say this and that about the temple, but one greater than the temple is here. Mm-hmm. Right? And David goes, wait a minute. I'm not at the tabernacle. I'm not in Gibeon. But something greater than that is right, right here, here on this spot. So let's find it. Verse 18. 
And the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David, that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he spake in the name of the Lord. And Ornan turned back and saw the angel, and his four sons with him hid themselves. <laughs> I'm with you guys. <laughs> right? <coughs> he just, now yeah. Ornan was threshing wheat. You know what? I, I, I think about that because... I still hear people say, "You know, he can, how can, split the heavens and come back." Are you? This is this is. We see him again. Yeah, this the is, angel of the Lord. We're, we're going to see in this. judgment is yes. in the book of Revelation. We yes. talked about it. We're going to see all of you this. See this again, and just because you haven't seen it yourself now, it's real. This isn't going away. I mean, this we will see the same thing, mm-hmm. right? The judgment of God will come, and it'll be right to come. And it'll be right to come. And it it'll will, be right to come. And standing between the heavens and the earth, this isn't a new thing. When you get over to Jesus going up and down, it's not new. No. There's been this going on with several people, right? Different ways. And as David, verse 21, came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. He may not know what's going on, but he is not going to do it wrong. He's Mm -hmm. going to do what he's supposed to do. And David said to Ornan, grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord, that thou shalt grant it me for the full price that the plague may be stayed from the people. 70,000 people have already passed away, have already died. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the plague is, doesn't ever say, but whatever it is, they're dead. Mm -hmm. And David has, it's interesting to me that he doesn't get to build the temple, but he gets to get picked to buy the place of the temple. You know, God doesn't just say, nope, sorry, you're a bloody man, you don't get to do nothing. He says, he's letting him pick where that temple's, not just the temple. And I don't know, do you suppose, this is just a thought off the top of my head, do you suppose he knew this is where Abraham offered Isaac? Probably. Do you think he knew that this is, uh, I mean, just think about what he knew about this place. Because it says he's told to go there. He, he, mm-hmm. I wonder if he caught the significance of everything he was doing. I don't know that he did, but I wonder what he did. Mm-hmm. Verse 23, And Ornan said unto David, Take it, and let my lord the king do with do that which is good in his eyes. David says, I don't think lo, so. Lo, I gave thee the oxen also, lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings, and the threshing instruments for wood, and the wheat for the meal, round meat three. offering. I give it all. Round three. And David Wait. says, Round three of the test. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. This belongs to God. Mm-hmm. We don't give the, the Why was the counting okay in mm-hmm. Leviticus? Mm-hmm. Because it all belonged to God, and it was an assessment of what we're going to give to show God that we recognize that, that we know that He is the maker of all things. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. This is the census we take. Mm-hmm. Round three of the test, David says, I'm not taking something you just gave me Mm-mm. and giving it to God. I'm going to, I will purchase this mm-hmm. land. I will pur- purchase this spot. It is going to be something that be- I am giving to God because I know he owns it all. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not taking your halfway offer. Mm-hmm. How many people would have liked that? Just, to, just okay, well, good. I don't have to pay for this. Think about who it he's representing. It anything, right? Mm-hmm. 
a great price was paid. And now who's it belong right. to? A great, who the owns Messiah. this? The Messiah. Who owns this Jesus now? Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Right? The lineage, the king, the and a king great coming of David. price is paid for that spot. So a few lessons back when we talked about the, I'll make you a house, David. Mm-hmm. You want to make me a house, I'll make you a house. Not mm-hmm. only is he making him a house, what is this, uh, 3,000 years later, mm-hmm. that property still belongs to Jesus Christ. To Jesus. Right? Conquered by Rome, here it conquered is. by Greece, conquered by the Persians, conquered mm-hmm. by the Babylonians. Sitting right now with a right? Muslim temple, but that doesn't matter. That's Christ. Mm-hmm. It's bought and paid for. His, his father David mm-hmm. took care of that. <coughs> yep. So David gave to Ornan for the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. I should have looked up to see how much that it's was. That's a lot. But I forgot to do that. And David built there an altar. Here's what you're saying. I built an altar and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord. He's not supposed to do that. And he answered him He's from not heaven a priest. by fire upon the altar of burnt Don't offerings. Don't people get in trouble for this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, they do. They sure do. Mm-hmm. But Except he did. this was God's commandment. This is what he did. And this is God's dedication of this spot. Because and, guess what? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is not only the son of David and king of kings, He's, He's our high priest. And the high priest, yes. And who's he picturing in this moment? Who's he showing in this moment as sinful and as wrong and as awful as Jesus isn't? David is. But David in this point, this point is one of those fractals, one of those mm-hmm. broken pieces of glass reflecting the Savior in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. And there he is saying, I'm going to offer a sacrifice right here on this spot because the only thing that will stay the judgment of God is the sacrifice, sacrifice that's going to be offered mm-hmm. on this spot. And there is going to be a and sacrifice. And there will be a sacrifice. On that spot. Then we won't have to worry right? about anything. That's the sacrifice. And why does he sacrifice there? For the tabernacle, tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses made in the wilderness, and the altar of burnt offering were at the season in the high place at Gibeon, not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, for he was afraid because of the sword of the angel of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David had reason to be afraid. Well, yes, he did. Yes, this is a very holy place. And David had a reason mm-hmm. to be afraid. I think about Jesus in the garden at this point. I think about the great drops of blood, the mm-hmm. anguish, thinking about the cross, thinking about what he would have to suffer and go through, and how this is going to be the hardest thing in the history of hard things, right? Mm-hmm. This is going to be the worst. But overcoming that fear mm-hmm. to I'm walk saying, out to the men that are about to arrest way, him and say, other way, Father, let it pass. And but say to Peter, not, put away your sword. If it's not, right? let my will, let your will be done, not mine. Yeah, yeah. David's terrified, and he I'm be. sure the human the humanity of Christ. This sword. can you imagine the humanity of Christ knowing what he would face? Because fully knowing he what he would knows. face, mm-hmm. and yet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Great High Priest mm-hmm. did it anyway. Mm-hmm. This sword gets put away. Mm-hmm. But this there is a sword is on that away. hill, right? There's a sword on that hill that pierces his flesh and c- brings forth both blood and water. Mm-hmm. This sword doesn't do it, mm-hmm. but there will be a sword on that hill that does that. Mm-hmm. Everything about this chapter, when I first read this chapter, I thought, oh, this will be easy, piece of cake. And I went, wait a minute. And it's there is so many things in this so, chapter. Again, just going back, not to belabor the point, but why is it such a big deal to number the people? Because the people aren't yours. Mm-hmm. They're bought. 
Mm-hmm. They're purchased. They're paid for just They're like they are They're paid for by today. the sacrifice mm-hmm. of Christ. They were always God's. They sold themselves mm-hmm. to Satan who counted them as his and used them to hurt God and mm-hmm. used them for his purposes. But those people belong to God, and mm-hmm. they always will. And they always do. Right, and he, he's, got, he's the one who paid the price to redeem them back. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal when you start thinking they're yours. Mm-hmm. And you start making your human judgment about what they should about do. what they should do, what they are, what they're useful for, because every single one of them belongs to God, and so do you, mm-hmm. right? What a what a humbling thought that came with our Sunday school lesson today too. Mm-hmm. We were talking about um, the prodigal son and how differently the sons react. Mm-hmm. Talk about for just a minute because we we've only got about ten minutes left. But talk about for just a minute. What does this chapter say to the church? I mean, I know the church isn't mentioned. I know that it is. I don't mean that it's not mentioned, but I mean, this isn't about. This is about Israel. This is about David. This is about the lineage and where the temple is going to be. This is about all that stuff. It's about some a lot. Of I mean, you could just. I mean, you could I mean, truly. You really could, but. It's challenging. But what do we do as a church? What can we pick up from this from the church, for the church? As, as, as a believer and as a church, we absolutely cannot rely on anything, especially the popular opinion, mm-hmm. to make decision, to know what's right and wrong, to know what we ought to be doing, to get our march in order. They come straight from the throne. They come from His mm-hmm. Word. Mm-hmm. Christ has already bought us. He actually redeemed the world, mm-hmm. right? It belongs it to him. It's, it, now, what he does with those who won't acknowledge it. him, that's up to him. Yep. But what he does with the church, that's that's mine to submit to him and honor him and glorify his name and obey him. And I think it's a way bigger deal than we think it is when we don't. Mm-hmm. When we think, I'm going to make this decision, everybody says, and here's what everybody thinks, and all the people I talk to tell me, and this is what the news says. And when we're, we're getting all of our information about how we ought to conduct our lives from counting the people. Mm-hmm. Those people are not my strength and my security and my truth and my reliability. That comes from right here. The Word of God He's given me and the Holy Spirit He's given me to be able to know truth from a lie. And I'm telling you, it's always been the battle. It's still but the battle. there are so many lies right now. I, I feel like the I think there's a verse and I can't even bring it up, but there's a verse about how much more deceived we'll be in these last days. It says even the very elect would be deceived. That's talking about in judgment. Mm-hmm. If it were possible, they'd be deceived because there's so many lies just around you all the time. It's very easy to say, what do the people say? We were talking. What do the people I agree with say? Mm-hmm. And not what yeah, does God what does say? What the people I agree with say is different right. than who are what the people on my say? side saying? Mm-hmm. What are they saying about this situation? We run to that information. Right, and the information we need to run to is, Lord, I trust you. Show me what to do, mm-hmm. and show me in your word so I don't mess it up. Because mm-hmm. I told that. somebody this week, I said I don't mean to interrupt, but I told somebody this week, I said my prayer lately has been, Lord, I'm not that bright. <laughs> so when you when you tell me what you want to do, I need you to make it so a dumb person can understand and not mess it up. Person said, Oh, don't say that about yourself. You know, God, you are much smarter than you think you are, and God knows how talented you are. He doesn't want you to say that. I said, no, listen to me. I mean, don't let me mess it up. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Make it like black so and clear. white. You, because I, I know my tendency to bend it to what I wish you said. And I don't I, want it to be I that way. you were going to say. Yeah. Tell me what you want clearly. We were talking yesterday. We, we went out. It was a beautiful day here, and we went out and 
had ice cream and ate dinner and um, what the friend that was with me and I were talking about what we don't know and not only just things that we don't know but what we are told that we have found out later that was a lie we were we were talking about different things with illnesses and sicknesses and at one point this was said and then they found out that's not true and then this was this is what you had to do and that's not true now science says something different and it just we were just talking about how you know man's opinion about how things work <coughs> and what things need done changes constantly it's never the same and yet what do we really know about what's going on? I mean I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist that's for someone else not me but we we only know what we're told from mankind right we only know it depends on what school you go to what how they bend their teaching it depends on where you work how they bend their what where they need their money from everybody has their own bias of how you should think but this is the only thing that should unite us as Christians. We should be united right here. Wait a minute. It didn't say I was supposed to love money. It said the love of money was the root of my problem. I've pierced myself. I've caused my own grief by staying away from what the Word of God said. You know what I mean? We're saying the same thing, but we can so easily, we can so easily be deceived because we want to hear that, what the world has to say. This sometimes is harder to... Um, live up to, no, live up to, but that's not the right word. This Trust. sometimes is harder because it's usually so simple that that can't be right. Right? Would mm -hmm. you agree with that or do you mm -hmm. disagree with that? Anyway, we had a long conversation about it. It was a very interesting conversation. But in the end, the only thing that's truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. It's me. It's right here. The book's written about him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It was just, it was kind of, it was an interesting conversation to have. So as we end, because we got about six minutes now, so as we end, what are we going to do with church people that have been in church a long time and they see this? And what are we going to do with church people who I've seen a few uh, comments from some of our newer Christians who think that the, the lesson, can that is there a lesson here that will apply to them? And I'll let you start. Yes, there is. The lesson that applies to you is even when you think you figured out something that God messed up, you're wrong. <laughs> when we started this by saying there's two different ways to start this story in two different books of the Bible, my opinion was never when I started reading it, well, God must be wrong about that, or, mm -hmm. or the Bible must be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. My opinion was, show me, Lord, what's true about that so that I can understand it. And of course, it is true, and of course mm -hmm. it is right, and of course you can trust it, it is mm -hmm. reliable. Mm -hmm. The lesson for you is that we will sit back, like David did, and decide that we are smart enough to rely on ourselves, and that we just need to get our ducks in a row and figure out how to make our life right. And once I get this and this and this and this in order, mm -hmm. then my life will be what it's supposed to be, mm -hmm. and I'll have it all figured out. I just need to take a census. I need to take account of what I have and what I need to do to make my life plan work. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to rely on myself to figure it all out. And God is sitting there going, your life is not your own, Christian. If you're an unbeliever, I'm not talking to you. It, to the Christian, your life doesn't belong to you. Your life belongs to me. He told them that were following me said they're going to drag you in front of governors and in front mm -hmm. of dignitaries and you're going to get there and you're going and i'm telling you right now jesus said to them mm -hmm. don't prepare what you're going to say 
because when you get get in that spot you belong to me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you the words to say and Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the way to stand and how to be courageous I'm going to give you the grace that you need Mm -hmm. for that time that still applies when when everything's falling apart in our life and we think we've got to figure out how to fix it all God is still saying your life doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. I've got to draw you closer to me so that you can see that and understand that. Instead of counting all the things that you've got to figure out, count on the Lord to be right about what he said. Mm-hmm. Right? And he's brought you this far. Why do you think he's going to stop now? Mm-hmm. Why do you think that all of a sudden all those victories that he's brought you through so far don't count for the future? Because he hasn't seen that yet? He knows the end from the beginning. He, he knows, knows it all. Already, he's already given and us he's the got ending, it under right? control. And I, I guess I, I guess. And I on say the that very line. forcefully, but I'm the most guilty one of all of waking up in a panic about things that are going to happen in my day. But I'm learning to replace "Oh Lord, help" with "I trust you, Lord." Mm-hmm. With this day, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this day. I'm confident that you've and already I, got it under control. I think what you said, I don't think there's a difference. I don't think there's a difference between for the, old and the, for the older and the young because we tend to become a little smug and a little self-righteous and a little more self-reliant. We're in this a long time. We've seen him and do all these things. And that's one thing happened. David's getting older. And maybe older. that's exactly what he David is. did. He just said, well, you know, I, me and God are on good terms and it'll be okay if I just... But the truth is... We have to. We can't do that. We the sin was grievous because the price was paid. Right. Good right. job. I think you did a good job explaining that. I, I'm not even going to try to say it again because you did great with that. But don't let that stop. Don't as a as an older Christian or someone who's been in church a long time be be aware because sometimes things are going to happen that's going to make you. You're not invulnerable to attack. No, you are not. Satan Shrubs is the accuser of the brethren. Like he can't. And he does that well. He will bring it to your mind, something that'll take mm-hmm. you into a situation where you have to choose. Do I believe what God said or do I believe what my own knowledge and wisdom yep. and experience is telling Tells me? me. Or, God's yeah. got a lot more than you have, so and, trust and him. I, and I promise <coughs> you follow God in that. If you let go, there was a verse for that, and the, the, verse, the word for... Um, the word meant to let go and when you let go and let God you you can't beat the results you mm-hmm. can, you just can't it, sometimes things get sa- um, fixed or situated in a way that you now see the purpose but you didn't see that before I think it's interesting this is the second story we've had of David where David is terrified of God mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm He's needed to realize the holiness and righteousness of God. He does. And if we you read do. the Psalms, he, 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 he gets it. He's not. Because the, he's he not writes our, about that. He's not our guy upstairs. He's not our, you know, he's It God. wasn't a bad thing for him to realize a little bit of fear. Fear and, and the greatness and the awe fear of the he Lord has in the face of God. Right? right? I agree. All right. So we finished chapter 21. Did we? 21? Yes. And then we will start next week, hopefully in 22. We've only got through 29 to get to the end of First Chronicles. So keep your Bibles open. Pray, stay prayed up. Get to church today. It's still Sunday. We'll see you next week, Lord willing.